Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Oh, big deal. Well, you know, here's something else, too, and this goes along the line with your point that you're going to get to, is they take away any initiative, and, you know, I'm not saying this is a huge initiative, but it's like, you know, why bother, make, why, why go out and try to make more than 80 grand a year when I get penalized for it? Why should yeah, I? Yeah, but the penalty is what, $1,000 a month, $4,000 But you add up all the other penalties, and it can be, you know, substantial, you know, with taxes, and, you know, why should I make more money? They just take more, and I work the same, you know, I work harder. And yet I make less. I hear that all the time. Melanie, I'm more busy now today than ever, and I'm making less money. Well, that goes to my final conclusion when we get to this article, when I get finished with this article. Um, Here's another one. It says, I'm suggesting that Americans pay into the system throughout the course of their life, knowing that it will be there if they need it to support them, so the seniors won't go, the senior citizens won't grow old and back breaking poverty. But if you are fortunate enough not to need it, you will have paid into a system that will continue to help Americans who need it most. Well, first, who among us knows that Social Security is going to be there to take care of you in your retirement? You know, a lot of people are hopeful. A lot of people in this country don't believe it's going to be there. Certainly younger people who think the probability of collecting Social Security is pretty close to zero. Right? Even older people, how much longer can you count on? He says, knowing that it will be there if they need to support them. Uh, I, don't know that we, I don't know that anybody knows that. We hope that maybe, but we don't know it. Um, but when he says, if you're fortunate enough not to need Social Security, you will have paid into a system that will continue to help Americans who need it most. What he's arguing here, this is Chris Christie, a Republican. He's arguing from each according to their ability and to each according to their need. That's the fundamental principle of communism. It was probably first espoused by Karl Marx or maybe Vladimir Lenin. I don't know who started it. But that's the fundamental purpose of our principle in communism. It sounds like a great idea. But it never works out well because, in the end, people claim that they have needs. It's, oh, my back hurts. Oh, my feet. I can't work. I can't work, see. But, boy, I need. I need new TV. Need new need new Cadillac. Um, it just doesn't work out. It's unfortunate, but that's the way people are. We tend, given the opportunity, as a species, we tend to be parasitical. Take whatever we can get, a lot of us. Not all of us, but a lot of us. That's one of the reasons why communism fails. But my point is that here's Chris Christie, and he's advocating a communist idea. He goes on and he says, that's what we've always done for each other through private charity and good government. Done it through charity, I'll give you that. We haven't always done this from from 
to those that are able, to those who have the most need. They haven't done that through government. That philosophy is communistic. It's something that's a fairly recent phenomena in this country. Christie will also propose raising the retirement ages for Social Security and Medicaid eligibility and eliminating the payroll tax for seniors who stay in the workforce past age 62. I have no problem with eliminating the payroll tax, but I would be. How are you going to cut? How are you going to talk the government into removing any taxes on anyone? Remove you better be an extraordinary tax. politician if he thinks he can talk them into reducing taxes. Raising the retirement age, yeah, you know, it's 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 almost inevitable that's going to happen. But the reason, my point on this, I want to know what hard truth is Christie really responding to? That the rich don't need Social Security? Or that the government is going broke and can no longer afford to provide Social Security? Or even the promise of Social Security? I suspect that the hard truth behind Christie's attempt to cut Social Security benefits is knowledge that the government's on the verge of, of insolvency and even bankruptcy. And when I say on the verge, I don't mean within months. It may be several years before things get so bad that somebody's got to admit they can't pay their debt. Not to I don't expect to see that happen, you know, in the next couple of months or whatever. But still, there are people in positions of power who understand the same thing that Melody and I do when we do this program, that debt is too great to be repaid. And it's inevitable they're going to have to admit that sooner or later. And when they do, those people who trust, who've loaned their money to the government and trust the government to return it, are going to find themselves taking a haircut and maybe a devastating haircut. Here's another article that runs along the same line from the New York Times. And the headline is, States Tighten Conditions for Receiving Food Stamps as the Economy Improves. Uh, in a study, um, they're making an adjustment that's being made by states that will strip food stamp benefits from millions of childless, able-bodied adults age 18 to 49. All right, they're going to start. This is multiple states. They talk about Maine in particular. But they are, they are, they're saying, look, we, we're going to, we believe the economy has improved so much that we don't need to provide food stamps anymore and we can get these single adults, they should just get out and get a job. They shouldn't be just working, living on food stamps anymore. And their argument is that the economy has improved to that point where we can afford to reduce food stamps for some people, not for not for adults who have children and dependents, but if you're single, adult, male or female, they can cut you out of food stamps. It's not a big deal, but it's another one of those leaves in the breeze where they essentially are saying, they're arguing, because the economy's improved, we don't need to provide food stamps, you should be able to find a job. That's the argument, but is that the truth, or is the real argument that the government recognizes that it has to start trimming entitlements? The reason it has to start trimming entitlements is because it no longer has access to the same tax revenues that it's had in the past. It no longer has access to the easy credit that was formerly available to the government in the past. And as a result, the government is becoming stretched financially. The day is going to come when they are perhaps insolvent, even bankrupt. And anticipating that day, they're saying, we've got to start cutting these entitlements now rather than just wait and do it all at once 
They'll start whittling away at the entitlements now. And then maybe the people will rise up and riot when we finally tell them, guess what? No more free lunches. So from my perspective, the common denominator between the two stories is the idea that the government recognizes no longer dole out entitlements to the same degree it has in the past. And it's beginning to cut back. And it doesn't have any choice. And those of us who are living on these entitlements and expect and the entitlements are, will continue. Those of us who you know, are dependent on these entitlements, we're going to see that dependency challenged, compromised. At least that's that's my position on it. What do you think, Melody? Well, I certainly believe it is also a sign that the states and the federal government can no longer provide these these benefits, and they need to cut back, and they're doing so in small small measures so as not so no one notices yeah certainly don't want anyone to notice and become upset and uh, governments are no longer uh feeding the people but you know you know we talk about all the time you know are there jobs out there certainly no none that pay well um have people become to the point why should they get a job as long as everything is free a lot of people have. I won't say a lot, but a significant number of people would say, yeah, we're entitled. Just live. We don't need to work. Uh, there aren't decent jobs for a lot of people. They don't have decent jobs. They have a choice between going out and looking for a job that pays minimum wage, or they can just stay home and play video games and watch TV. What do you want to do? A lot of people are saying it's cool to stay home. You know, government will pay for it. Problem is, can we afford to keep doing that? The other problem is, given the you know the growth of robots, for example, we're going to have increasing levels of unemployment in this country. Given the influx of illegal aliens, we're going to continue to see wages held low and plenty of illegal aliens to take, you know, the kinds of jobs that are menial, minimal. And where do other people who were born in this country, where do they find jobs? They're not just going to walk out and say, gee, I got fired. I used to be a janitor down at the uh, you know, the grocery store, and they fired me, and now I'm going to get a job as a rocket scientist. No, you're not. You're going to get a job as a rocket scientist or a doctor or you know, a physician or whatever. You don't have the education. You don't have the intelligence for it. What are you going to do if you're being replaced either by a robot in a factory assembly line or perhaps an illegal alien in a regular job, in a menial job, what are you going to do? These are difficult questions, and they can't be ignored. We're going to have to decide. Maybe we do have to just figure out a way to tax the corporations or whoever in order to keep funding people who can't get a job. How are they going to support themselves? We've got to either supply them with food and uh, shelter and rest that, or they're going to take the, we're going to have more people taking the crime. They're going to want to survive. They're not just going to roll over and die. If they can't get any money from a job and they can't get any money from the government, then they're going to be looking to smack each of you folks on the head and lift your wallet. How about corporate war- welfare? Well, I just see, you know, the whole idea of subsidies, that have gone to the rich and corporations. So that is, from my perspective, is wrong, wrong, wrong. Just shouldn't be that way. If you, I can understand that you got to have welfare or something to subsidize people 
who are poor. Because the alternative is they either you leave them alone and they die in silence or they take the crime or somebody's got to kill them. Either got to help these people survive or something extraordinary is going to happen in this country. And nobody's going to like it. But can we afford, how many people can we afford to feed who don't work? What about the people who are working? We can sit back and say, well, we'll take all the money from the corporations. We'll take all the money from the rich and we'll use it to support the poor. Well, it's an interesting idea, but the truth is we're going to take the money from whatever remains of the middle class to support the poor. And what about the guy who's middle class and he has a wife with two kids that they'd like to support? Governors essentially say, no, we can't worry about your kids. We're going to take your money to support these other people who don't work. Guarantee that kind of dichotomy is going to breed conflict and trouble. People are going to say, why should I be working to support these guys? And it's going to be perceived that they're too lazy to get a job. Why should I be paying higher taxes so these people who are lazy to uh, too unintelligent, too ignorant to get a job. I know they've got a problem, but is it my problem? Those are the kinds of debates that we're going to see over the next few years. And they're not going to be easily resolved, and they may be that they can't be resolved painlessly and without violence. So, uh, questions we'll have to ask for another day because we are out of time, folks. I'm Alfred Adasker with Melody Cedars from On Financial Survival and telling you something you already know. We live in interesting times, and they're going to get a lot more interesting. I hope you'll tune in again tomorrow when Melody and I will return. In the meantime, with the good Lord, bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Are you concerned about prescription drug dependency to stay healthy? Are you worried that the cost and availability of your medications may put your health at risk? Perhaps it's time you consider a natural, safe, and effective way to deal with your health problems. If only you knew where to start. Start right here. Tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless.
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 7th of April, Tuesday, 2015. It is eight and a half minutes after 2 p.m. That's right, 2 p.m. This is the new time for the Frank Report. call that wasn't as slot is at 11 a.m. Don't worry, it's not gone. It just moved a little earlier. So, out, then you can actually participate in the show. That's really the difference between listening. Participate. A couple of ways you can participate. Actually, Website, the like a lot of places. Good idea. It doesn't do much for redundancy. AmericanVoice.com is on a different server in a different area of the country. There, look for the chat link. Obviously, the username is because, well, you have to identify yourself as something in there. Other people don't go in there. Wanna say password that uh, can use your name. your email. You don't have to believe me.
get them from because you want emails. I'd like to do it like a couple times a week, but that's a long way off from happening. on Yahoo Instant Messenger. Although the thing about that is you're only going to talk to me. See, the chat room, you can talk to other people. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to participate in the show necessarily. Uh, but on Yahoo Messenger, it is only me. And uh, oh, and that's also a good way to uh, – actually probably a better way for me than email – It's open on my thing here all the time. It is Tuesday, and that means we've got Al from Colorado on, and uh, we'll bring on Al for the lightning round. Welcome, Al. It's about time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are. Barry, 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 Barry. Oh, what man. Is... Oh, man. You know, I bring you on, and that's what you're going to talk about is Barry Cubs. Well, we lost all our, I guess the District of Criminals lost all their electricity. I don't know if you saw that. Now Barry's Did it hacked. burn to the ground, too? No, ah. unfortunately, it didn't burn to the ground. Ah. See? White spread already. White House, okay, briefly go dark. Explosion <laughs> at power plant. Oh, yes. Somebody doesn't like Barry Big news, Frank. 
I know, Marcel Benchadley. He had a, uh, a similar thing with an ex- Some birds got on the lines and found a way to. That wonderful. They probably got fried. Oh, they did. They were dead on the ground. Uh, Uh, (laughs) But there was a big bang and all the electricity went out. Maybe that's what happened in Washington. Well, maybe that's what happened. Well, Barry doesn't have any electricity. He can't uh, use his auto pen, then can he? Uh, Yeah, I'm sure the White House has the bestest of all the bestest of, uh, you know, Generators, uh, fully, fully, fully on Yui. Nothing's too good for Barry. No, no. Absolutely no. not. Well, you know, he took another holiday again. I guess he went golfing again this weekend or whatever. You know, you know, you hear these stories about people getting hit by lightning on golf courses. Why can't that ever happen to him? I don't know. Somebody wanted to hire the German airline for uh, the German airline pilot for uh, Barry 747. Now you see that. Now there's a good idea. Uh, of course. Now that was a real good idea. Yeah. Now, but of course he's dead, so that can't happen. Well, unfortunately. Well, what's going to happen in Chicago, Frank, is if you didn't know, they're saying Mr. Emanuel is ahead. After all the unhappy people in Chicago, Mr. Emanuel's going to get reelected. Oh, what a shock. Uh, Are you sure? I mean, this is like... Well, how many dead people, how many dead people and the illegals voted for uh, Mr. Emanuel at two at the same time, Frank, huh? Yeah, our... Oh, Al, are you suggesting... That's what do you mean? Am I suggesting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm incinerating, Frank. That's that, what I'm doing. That old Rom would fix an election. Come on. I mean, we know we have the cleanest elections in the world, don't we, Frank? Especially yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Al, I, I'm sure Al Capone supports Rom, and he voted for him probably five or ten times. Maybe twenty or thirty. Yeah. Well, yeah. How about all the dead people who are getting their Social Security checks, right? They've been dead for 30 years, and they're still getting their checks, huh? Uh, you know what? I got this to say. I'd rather pay dead people Social Security than illegal aliens. Well, I agree. Probably, I'd probably have to agree there. Well, the dead people aren't actually taking anybody's jobs, you know. That's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, <laughs> you know, there's a benefit to paying dead people rather than illegal aliens. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't complain. Let's put it that way. Well, there's that, too. And I want to know who cashes the checks, though. That's even that's the funner part, Frank. Uh, right? we, w- we would call that a felon. No, because if you're cashing dead people's checks, yeah. you're a felon. Well, we got a couple of more uh, prostitutes in the race. Let's see. We got uh, Dr. Ron's kid and uh, who else? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, the Donald Trump. Uh, has he announced it? Oh, yeah, he's going to announce, and uh, uh, Dr. Ron's kid announced yesterday. Right, 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 but uh, Trump hasn't actually announced yet. Well, he hasn't announced yet, but he says he's going to, and then you got the fat boy in uh, New Jersey. I Uh, think he wants uh, in there. You know what, that guy, uh, I just read a story yesterday, Al, that... What, about Christie? Well, about New Jersey, and yeah, Uh, Christie at the end of the story, because... There's been a lawsuit. Wet 
wetlands. And they haven't cleaned it up, have they, Frank? Wetlands and marshlands, Al. You know, we're all bugs live that have to be protected, you know? And oh, they, wait a minute. Sammy's going to come in now. So Exxon has never cleaned up their mess is what you're No, you're and, right? and uh, New Jersey sued them and said, you know what? $8.9 billion, right? Oof, that's a nice chunk of change. Well, yeah, and they well they've been dumping this crap here illegally for over ten years, you know, and they knew about it. They they got caught, so it's like, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna sue you for eight point nine billion dollars. Okay, so now okay. After, after ten years, yep. he and his boys make a deal with Exxon to just pay two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Boy, talk about getting off cheap! <laughs> yeah, out of nine, uh, almost out of eight point almost nine billion. <laughs> that's not even pocket change, Frank. Yeah, and that's Christie. This is what Christie's doing, man. Well, then he ought to be in jail too. You know, I mean, you gotta wonder about this. I oh man, I'm telling you, who owns, Frank. I, hey, who owns Christie? Who owns Christie? Why is he in jail, Frank? Well, say, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a long list. You know, I've got I've got a long list of why isn't this one in jail? Why isn't that one in jail? Oh, God. I mean, the list goes on. We've got everybody but the kitchen sink on the elephant side, and all we've got basically is Hitlery. Is there anybody going? Oh, wait a minute. Nobody's going up against Hitlery on her side, are they? Uh, that guy O'Malley or Mallory? Oh, yeah, O'Malley. He's the only one. So far, yeah. I would put him in before I put Hitler in, I'll tell you that. I sure don't want to see her. I would put a chimp in before I put him in. <laughs> okay, you know? I mean, honestly. Uh, I'm telling you, Hitler should have been in jail. They should, the, the Congress is, uh, I wonder if she's got more dirt on the new Congress that's in there now. Because, you, know, you know, the whole thing, Al, though, is like, okay, I'm sure Hillary has her dirt list on everybody. Then again, I mean... Who doesn't have the dirt list on Hillary? I mean, this woman's got dirt, this woman's got dirt piled to the ceiling. She's got dirt piled up since Richard Nixon was in office. Oh, she should have been up. in jail 40 years ago, then, is what you're telling us back in the 70s. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, hey she, was, she was like two, sec, two seconds away from getting disbarred for her well, actions during that. Well, yeah, oh. but, you know, they pulled some strings in. Hey, here's the hell. Here's great news. Oh, but Shane, yeah, oh, you mean the pants Peter? He's yeah. going to run again. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, gag me with a spoon. I'm, uh, with a pitchfork, even. Yeah, Are the dumbbells in Arizona going to put him in again is the big question. Well, do they really put – did they put him in any of these times, or is he just uh, – Probably. Who knows? Well, you know, they're like – at least Dirty Harry, we know he's going bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Harry, finally, we got – now we got Nazi Pelosi and not-so-Feinstein and uh, – What's her name? Barbara Boxcar? I think they're all leaving. Uh, well, most of them should be leaving. Who's the other one? There was a, oh, yeah, uh, Mr. Menendez from your home state. He's been indicted. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he'll be leaving whether he wants to or not. Somebody that might actually go to jail. you got to wonder who he pissed off in the uh, White House. Because uh, he's a Democrat. Somebody didn't get paid off, though. Somebody didn't get paid off is probably what happened. Yeah, because he's a, he's a Democrat. But 
that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of Democrats that don't like Barry even there. I'm sure there's a few Democrats that want to get away from Barry. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is the Oh, you mean, a fellow uh, Democrat, he did something really to make me well, very mad. Well, have really messed up then or something. Something didn't happen somewhere. Oh, oh guess who else has thrown his, re- his hat into the ring for the Demorats? I forgot. Al Gore, environmental horror. Oh, no. Talking about it. Oh, yeah. You know why I say oh, no? I don't think we want to see him. I'll tell you, between him and Hitler, there still is no uh, choice. No, no. That's that's bad and worse right there, and I'm not sure which is worse, but, you know, they're both bad. And uh, Al Gore, you know, the sad, the, the really sad thing about it is that guy would have a chance to win. Far that stupid. What would have happened if the decider hadn't cheated? We would have had him for eight years rather than the decider. Would we no, still be in Iraq and Afghanistan and all those good places? Or uh-uh? No, we'd be probably, uh, we wouldn't be there, but we'd be, uh, we'd be uh, fried or something. Who knows? Or uh, bombed to death. Who knows? Now, oh, uh, did you see where, oh, did you see where, what is it? They gave a whole bunch of, uh, what is it, uh, equipment or military equipment that they can't find in Afghanistan, $43 billion or something like that? Yeah, they can't. They you know, can't let me it. help you. It's called yeah. ISIS. Of all, Barry's got no business doing anything, giving ISIS or this one or Al-Qaeda or any of them any I money. I mean, the United States government has, the military has been supplying ISIS all along. They created ISIS, and my belief, Al, and I well, they created LCIA to do. I can't prove this, but I really believe that ISIS is nothing more than a reincarnation of Blackwater. They're mercenaries. They're not Arabs. Well, what else you know, know? anything? You they're know, killing a lot of people, though. They're killing a lot of Christians over there. Where is it? Somalia? Yeah, or yeah they or are. Like that. You know, and the thing about First of all, let me, let me ask you the dumbbell question. What does Barry want to bomb Yemen for? Why does everybody want to bomb Yemen? What the heck did Yemen do to us? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I want to know, Frank. Somebody needs to explain that one to me. I'm a little confused on that. Hey, I asked, uh, you know, my, my co-host on Monday night, Dean Lauren, I asked him the same exact question, Al. What, what the heck did Yemen do to everybody? Yeah, what did you know? Yemen do to anybody? You know? <laughs> I mean, what's the big deal with Yemen? And... I, you know, I have a suspicion. I'll but, bet you they must have a lot of black stuff under the under the dirt, Frank. Maybe that's why. I'll bet well, you. and I, I bet I bet they. I bet their country is not. Oh, they're not. They're one of the ones. You know, because they have systematically gone after every country. If you look at it, uh, uh, Libya, Syria. All, Egypt, all these countries that they have gone after systematically, one at a time. Iraq, was, Iraq, Iraq had their own thing, too. Iraq, yeah, none Iraq, of them were part of the IMF. I don't think Iran has their bank isn't part of the IMF either, no. Iran. I think they're combined by two. Well, yeah, and they have systematically gone after every one of them, and that's the only thing every one of those countries have in common. Yes, some of them have oil, but some of them don't have oil. You know, so what's the common thing? Well, the yeah, common but thing is gonna, a bank. It's got to be the banksters then, Frank, as you just said. It's well, got to be the bankster boys. They don't have their hands in there. That's the one thing that they have in common. And the one thing about communism, Al, and that's what our banking system really is, is communism. 
thing about the income tax. Yeah. One thing about the special bank, now, yeah. Everybody's allowed not to. It won't work because right away those people will be doing better. Yeah, but than I don't think else. Yemen has got a big trade doing any real trading with any other nations, are they, Frank? To the best uh, they're of my probably knowledge. running oil through there from Saudi Arabia or something. You know, they they probably got business. Well, if they are trading and they're not on the program, that's why Barry wants to go boom over there, evidently. I mean, I don't think Barry has any say in it. <laughs> I think he's. Well, know. Barry's being don't told what to do. Barry's hey, being told. Have you seen this lie uh, that uh, the Fed? Reserve, the Treasury is telling everybody now. They're saying that the, the frozen for 21 days. The yeah, government sure. hasn't gotten in debt at all for 21 days. They that. did it 21 days ago. Is when they froze it, or what? Is that yeah, what you're telling yeah. me? Yeah, it's frozen at 18 trillion, uh, 112. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? There. Eventually, they'll the the prostitutes will go and raise the debt ceiling again, just like they've fraudulently done for the yeah, last Al, seven years. I don't believe them when they say the debt's been frozen. How exactly does that happen? With okay, 18 trillion, 112 what? billion, 975 million dollars. What do you figure the interest payment on that is? I don't want to know. It's, uh, <laughs> you you know, haven't got enough room on your dirt to store all the interest, right? Yeah, That's so how do you not go in debt? I mean, really. I like to, I'll tell you, you know what the bigger fraud is, Frank? We're going to have to shut the government down because we haven't got any toilet paper. Gee whiz. Then shut it all down, Frank. I say shut every bit of it down, from the military all the way down to the uh, janitor. I'm, I'm all for that. Sorry, uh, you know, I mean, we've got uh, we've got Sammy doing proctology now, and, uh, oh, you want to talk about something really dangerous now in the state, I think it's the state of Oregon, your wonderful backyard, something to do with the smart meters now. Oh, yeah, I saw that about... Uh, something about the smart water, meters. Are, about water, they're going to ca- track water in California or something with them. Well, not water. Uh, California is out of water, and the dumbbell Jerry Brown is giving the dumbbell Jerry Brown is giving the uh, corporations, the oil boys, and somebody else. They can have all the water they want. Everybody else is thirsting to death, but uh, but the oil boys can have all the water they want. Isn't that amazing? Aren't you, are you are you are you shocked, Frank? Huh? I know you're shocked. Yeah, the frackers, you know. Frackers, yeah. Mm-hmm also he uh, mentioned because he he was in an interview and somebody was saying you know he's going about all this yeah we're gonna we're gonna start fining people for taking too long showers right oh yeah i saw that yeah they're gonna how are they gonna monitor showers they're gonna put a meter on your shower now frank huh Uh, apparently yeah and um the the interviewer said well you know just the almond growers in california use more water than all the people in Los Angeles County. Said, oh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's okay, though, because, you know, they're producing food and uh, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, almonds? Yeah. Really? You know what? I like almonds. Almonds are really good for you. Yeah, they're expensive as hell now. Yeah. yeah, like $15 a pound. Wow. The almonds are going to have to wait, folks, because I'm sorry, it's break time. Oh, it is. Okay, well, we'll take a break, and we'll be back in just a bit. Everybody stay right with me. 
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Tessin. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. Go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. There. It is April 7, 2015. It's Tuesday. It's about 2.43 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's all true where you're at, we are, in fact, live, which means you can participate in the show by going to the website and going to the chat link. You can also... If you have Yahoo Instant Messenger. Okay, well, uh, before we bring Al back for the lightning round, uh, everybody in the uh, was guessing. Lots of good guesses on the first uh, band. Of course, they were all wrong, and it was Uriah Heep. Second one, there was a couple of guesses. They were wrong, and... Uh, the name of the song is Trouble Trouble, and it was by the Teen Cats. But good guesses. Uh, people did have good guesses, but they were wrong. And uh, Welcome back, Al. The gay people are still upset, and it's too bad if they don't like it. Let them leave the country. Getting tired of this garbage, Frank. They do. There's no such thing as gay rights, Frank. Sorry. They don't have a right to be gay. I'm sorry. There's nothing in there about a right to be gay. Al, there's no such thing as women's rights, there's blacks' rights, minority rights, homo rights. There's none of this. There is just we're all supposed to have the same rights. Sorry. You know, I mean, we are supposed to be a nation of laws, which means everyone is created equal under the law. See, they've taken this whole, oh, we're all created equal, Al, to mean that, oh, Al's just like me. Al knows everything I know, and I know everything Al knows, and I have all the skills Al has, and he has all the skills I have. But that's yeah, just sure, not true, yeah, Al. sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's just not true. What? And it's not. Well, and they never meant that to be true. That's not what they meant when they said created equal. They meant created equal under the law, meaning, look. We've got laws, and they apply to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a woman, you're a man, you're a homo, whether you're rich, you're poor, whoever. The laws all apply equally. Yeah, well, the gay people think that they're special, and guess what? They're not special. Well, hey, the rich, people, hey, the rich people think they're special, too, don't they? The blacks think they're well, special. Well, the only thing is, yeah, well, everybody, the only thing about the rich people is they just have more money than the rest of it. That's the only difference between them and us. Yeah, everybody's special, Al, except if you're yeah. not. Except if you're not, you know. <laughs> uh, Frank, this political correctness, all this garbage, this uh, oh, this affirmative action, Frank, that's got to go. I agree, and you know why I agree? If it was actually doing what it was intended to do, I'd say keep it. But it's not doing what it was intended to do. It's never worked. It's what it's done is you don't put an unqualified person in a job because his skin color is different than everybody else's, Frank, and he doesn't have the qualifications. No, Sorry, you but don't Al, do that. the hope was with with affirmative action is that you say, okay, look, we're going to pick you first. Then we're going to hopefully, you know, we're going to give you the opportunity for this job. You're going to get the training. You're going to get up to speed. What we're trying to do is make sure that you got the opportunity to do the job. But you see, what it's turned into is just what you said. 
They're taking people and putting them in positions that they're not qualified for, and they're not training right. them. They're not training right. them to be qualified. They're just putting them there, and there you go. You know, you're our, you're our token. Yeah. You're our token yeah, you woman. Sit there and, token uh, you sit there and watch uh, porn all day at the taxpayer's expense. Yeah. Or play games or do whatever. Or, or don't show up for work at all. Probably be better off Garbage. if you didn't show up for work. You know, I mean, because really these people just drag down wherever they work. Al, it's just like the dumb kids in school. Okay? Dumb kids used to get held back. Hey, look, you know what? You're too dumb to move on to the next grade. We're no, no, they just put them, they just, it doesn't matter if they pass or fail, they just put them up there with the smart kids. That's all, just going to go right. to the next grade. And then what does the teacher do? But they're teaching everybody to keep, so the dumb kids can keep up. And that drags everybody down. Well, it drags everybody else down. And that's just what happens at the workplace. Have you been in any retail stores recently? What do you think of the customer service you get there? I'm not impressed, Al. But the store don't even know. When I, look, Al, when I no. know where things are on the shelves better than the people that work there, there's a problem. You've got that right. I mean, I go in the store maybe once a week, right? And I know where things are better than you that are here every day? How can that be? Yeah, what's wrong with that deal? Well, they're getting paid. That's what's wrong. Oh, yeah. You're not getting you know? paid to find the items, Frank. You have to go buy the items. You're not getting there, you know. <laughs> Honestly, Al, every time I go into a store and I say, hey, can you help me find, where is this? Oh, follow me. What do we do? We walk up and down the aisle looking for what, I, you know, like, I don't need you to walk with me. I can look around myself. I need I'll you to tell you what's me. nice about Satanway. If I want to find something when I do go into Satanway, they have those uh, boards up there, and it says this is what's in this aisle, the dairy's in this aisle, that this is in that aisle, and that's, that's the easiest way to do it. I don't ask anybody nothing. Oh, hey, less interaction with people, the better off you are anymore. I'm yeah, telling you. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. You know, I mean, you know, the minute you start talking to anybody at these places, that's when the trouble starts. I mean, uh, uh, but really, they'll walk off? you, but Al, they'll escort you around the store looking for things. But oh, yeah. it's like, look, I can walk around by myself, lost. I don't need you. I need yeah, you I don't to need you me. to follow me around. Yeah, I needed you to tell me where <laughs> it is, not to go, go look for it with me. I can go look yeah. for it by myself. That's right. But that's what they do, Al, because you know why? They don't know where it is. That's why. And that yeah. makes me wonder why. Why is that? Here, Al, what do you do here all day? Maybe they stock the shelves or something. Well, that's Al, where the... Al, Al, if you stock the shelves, you'd, you'd think they'd know you what know where the, the stuff shelves, is. Right? Yeah, you should know where it's at, Frank. Especially yeah. if you put it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, oh, come on. Brother. If you're stocking the shelves, you should know what's on them, right? I mean, because you put yeah. it there. They don't. I, uh, uh, I'm talking to the, I was, I, Al, let me give you a story from today. A more customer service. <laughs> okay. I got a problem with my bill. Okay. What does the girl tell me? I say, well, listen, uh, I bought myself, and you're charging me to rent them. Bucks. And, you, get and you charge me to install the modems you didn't send me. <laughs> Because I got my own modems. I don't need yours. 
You know what she told me? What did she told you? She says, that's not an option. You have to rent it. And I said, let me speak to your supervisor. <laughs> because, I mean, this, oh, God. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Frank, yeah. I've had that shit, too. Okay. Frank, you don't talk to clerks. You go to the top, Frank. That's a, did you get a resolve? Oh, yeah, yeah, eventually, because I got the supervisor. But, Al, you can't talk to anybody. I mean, you've got to. Oh, you really want to know where it's real fun, Frank? Go into motor vehicle when you got to renew your driver's <laughs> license. Oh boy, you talk about you talk about going to phone company. Go into motor vehicle and talk to one of the dummies at the counter, and and just like you said, you end up getting the supervisor. Yeah, they're the only one that knows anything anymore. Uh, everybody else is just, you know. And I, I was talking to the supervisor. I said, you know, you've got a training company. <laughs> Because well, no kidding. they got a training problem in the state motor vehicle because department, you're, you're, too. Your employees don't know anything. And that's not completely their fault because, you know. Well, then they haven't been trained properly. That's right. what you're it suppo- is. You're supposed to be, you know, training them to know this stuff. Isn't that part of a supervisor's job? But you see, maybe the supervisor isn't the trainer. Maybe somebody else does the training. Who knows, Frank? I'm not there. You're not there. You know. Well, I. You know what? Uh, so now we got to have a supervisor and a trainer. Probably. You know, the supervisor would. The supervisor could spend a lot less time dealing with problems that their employees create. It would be smarter to have somebody with a trainer, and unless something really bad comes up, that's when the supervisor shows up. Right. You know, it's just insane. It's insane. And it's uh, everywhere, Al. It's everywhere. You see, this is what oh, I'm hearing. Especially in any type of a government office. It's not just a uh, motor vehicle, Frank. Any type of government well, deal. I got to say, I went down and uh, I had to go through a whole. Uh, uh, to get my license. I renewed my license, and then they sent me a thing saying. Uh, we're revoking your license <laughs> in 30 uh, days. And I'm like, why? Oh, well, we got this thing from. So I end up going to this hearing. Because what it turned out to be, it's another one of these just clerical BS. It's all bureaucratic garbage, Frank, is what it is. Bureau- bureaucratic crap. Well, it was something that wasn't me. That they put on my record. And they didn't put, even have the right person, in other words. No, because they said, oh, your license has been suspended in Pennsylvania. Oh, I had the same thing. I said, well, you had a ticket. You had a traffic ticket in Atlanta. I said, that was 40 years ago, 30-something years ago, I said. Well, yeah, but this has got to do with me. I haven't been there in 30-something years, I told this woman. Well, at least you had been there. I mean, the thing is, in Pennsylvania, they said, yeah, I said, suspended. Why? And they said, well, it says you're for medical reasons. Have <laughs> you got the right person? Did you say, have you got the right person? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, well, you know, this isn't me. And you got somebody else with the same name that's not me. Yeah, that's well, what you got. it's not even exactly the same name. But it's probably close enough. Well, you know what? That's close, but it isn't me. And, and do I look... Like I'm, I'm medically incapable of driving. This is what they do oh. for people who like oh. go blind or lose their legs or something, you know, well or their arms. Yeah, well, well, well I don't think you're 
medically incapacitated prior to neither what did, neither did the uh neither did the administrative judge tell you uh and then i had another time al oh boy don't ever oh you want to hey you know he's even worse than dmv social security Plenty problems with that. oh my gosh well I had a situation where I hadn't had a driver license for like 11 years, and I didn't have ID. That and the other thing, and they go, well, you can't get this, that, and the other thing, so you got a social security card. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had the same thing, Frank. <laughs> I went back they, and they, forth they, with they, this. Uh, they send you from one from one office to another in a, in a big circle. I've been through that noise, too. <laughs> yeah. They've done that. Isn't it great? Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, hey, Frank, this is I'm your government. Say. This is your government at work. Yeah, yeah. And hey, unfortunately, but don't worry. The debt, the debt's frozen now, Al. Well, I don't care if the debt is frozen or if it's it's fried or baked or broiled, Frank. I don't care. They can do whatever they want. They can print all the money they want. We know that. Maybe our listeners know they don't need to tax you. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe our listeners know that it's all a whole system is a fraud. Uh, You know, one of these days, somebody's going to push the wrong button on the New York Gambling Exchange, and I want to see the thing lose 30,000 points, Frank. Well, it's, it's, you know what? It's going to happen eventually. Now, remember we were... got to give, Frank. They, uh, what, what have we got now? One bank alone in derivatives has something like 90-something trillion alone. One bank. Well, it's just, you know... Forget the rest of them, Frank. One a, bank alone has $90 trillion in derivatives. It's no, a humongous wait. house of cards, and we know... For a while, but eventually it's a big mess at the end of the day, and that's what we're heading towards. And you know, we were talking about uh, water authorities are using a new tool in a major effort to crack down on people and businesses wasting water in light of the new water restrictions. The Long Beach Water Department says sprinklers at McDonald's, blah blah blah. They go on and they say, uh, uh, they couldn't do little, a little bit about this wasting, but that was before the smart meter. Since its installation in February, Long Beach Water Department uh, says that he uh, saw an immediate spike you know, by tens of thousands of gallons of water each time McDonald's overwatered their property. It collects wow. data every five minutes. Oh, so they got a water meter instead of an email, uh, an ele- a smart right. meter. Then it's the right. water meter now. Are smart, yeah. And then after midnight, the cell phone that's built into the meter comes on, makes one call, and calls it to the database and the customers to repass what you did. Blah blah blah, and they let us know what's going on. Well, yes, let's burn down every Mickey D's in California. We'll solve the problem. The accuracy is just incredible. He says. Now here's the punchline. Guy, the head of the Long Beach Water Department, says he believes the smart meter will be used in both businesses. Oh, now they're going to put a smart water meter on your house in addition to a smart electric meter. You're going to have two smart meters on your house. You wondered how they're going to know if you take too long of a shower. Oh, okay. Well, gee whiz, let's have Proctology 101, Frank, while we're at it. Is this great or what? Man. Yes, and we're out of time, folks. Oh, man, we are. You know, 
Well, we are out of time, Al, so we'll see you again next Tuesday. Okie dokie. Bye-bye. Thanks, Al. And we'll see uh, all of you tonight. I'll be back at 8 p.m. Got a full day. And, oh, by the way, I also co-host on American Independence Hour with Al Adas, which I really enjoy doing that show with Al. Hope you'll tune in then also. Till then, I'll see you. Don't go anywhere.
then you'll have to consult a naturopath. Or you might be able to go to various websites and read about things of the compiled research and come to your own conclusions. But the ideal ratio for gut bacteria is 85% good to 15% bad. Now, that's just for openers. So let's talk about the good guys and their job absorbing starches, fiber, and sugar. So aside from that, what else is thrown into the mix? What about dead food or pesticide foods like GMOs? And perhaps you're putting all the liver's responsibility onto your pancreas by overwhelming it with toxins. Deficiencies in magnesium and enzymes top the list. And if you're stressed out, you might have depleted your vitamins and minerals entirely. So do you work out often? Do you work out vigorously? Five digestion destroyers you can simply eliminate from your daily food regimen become detoxified in a number of ways, treating a number of cleansing organs. So let's talk about them. Processed, low-released, pesticide-laden gluten is the number one cause of all digestive disorders, and it's the sticky food glue that remains in your gut for days. So the question arises, irritable bowels, do you have Crohn's disease, suffer from acid reflux or diverticulitis or ulcers or chronic inflammation or a little of all of the above? Well, stop wondering why. And after you have a big meal, does your stomach ache a little bit? Well, if it does, you're very likely engaging in a voluntary deterioration of your health. That diverticulitis is an inflammatory disease of the colon caused by infection and lack of fiber. So then the question arises, how much fiber is in a burger served on gluten-loaded bread with french fries and a soda. 18 million Americans have an intestinal rotting food problem, an internal rotting food problem, and they can't figure it out, and their doctors who are trained in chemical medications and surgery can't figure it out either. So the question is, are your bread loaves, your rolls, your buns fortified by Monsanto, Cargill, or Bayer? See, gluten is food glue that contains processed ingredients that have carcinogens in them. And if this is how you live daily, being invaded 
pathogens and cancer-causing free radicals that are stuck in your gut and your digestive tract, really bad road to bad health because gluten is a weapon of mass, mass health destruction. So it's time to maybe switch from your terrible food habits, like fast food meat for the first part, being a conglomeration of animal scraps, modified soy, hormones, antibiotics, and toxic fillers. Okay, so the question is, cheap is fast food meat? Well, it's really, really cheap. That's how cheap. And the confined animal feeding operation, the CAFO farmers, that beat back E. coli and superbug bacteria with 80% of all the antibiotics sold and used in America is part of the problem, and it's getting worse. The cattle in the CAFOs, the confined animal feeding operations, are confined in as little space as possible. Soft-fed, genetically modified food meant for any animal, including a human, to consume. Then walk around, well, they don't really walk, they trounce in their own manure and their urine all day long. They're bulked up with steroidal hormones that cause cancer tumors. So how does your stomach deal with all this? What about your colon? You ever been diagnosed with polyps? If you have, don't wonder why that came. Then those slaughtered cattle get to the processing, packing, and blood-draining areas of the plant. The meat gets doused with ammonia and other biohazardous chemicals. What do you think this does to the bacteria balance in your gut? Beef and bacon that are at all-time high in sales. And the health detriment is convenient. And to rely on junk science does not, down, does not bring down beef prices, folks. It just brings down the quality of what you're eating. So maybe you're eating transglutaminase, also known as meat glue, and you don't know it. Why? Because there's no regulations on this meat conglomeration in the United States. What is meat glue? <laughs> you ain't going to know it if you're eating it. That's the problem. Then we have artificial sweeteners, which are not food, but they're synthetic concoctions that trick the body into ingestion, have 
havoc on the digestive tract and filtering organs. So let me ask you this question. What is your sweet poison? Blenda, do you eat equal? Sweet and low? I hope it's not blended essentials where they sprinkle some dead vitamins on the top of some synthetic lab-made slow death. Are you losing weight or putting more on that either one of those is happening? Don't wonder why. Then you have aspartame, which is an incredibly dangerous chemical, and it's the most commonly used artificial sweetener on the market today. It causes, well, just a couple of major health issues like brain disorders. And then when they did tests on lab mice, they found that the aspartame left holes in the brains of the mice. But don't worry, no worries, huh? Because the lab mice, they're just, they're just animals. But you're not an animal, are you? You're a human. Gee, I wonder what class that comes in. Then you've got the fake sugars branding themselves as healthy sugar alternatives. But yet they tear up your gut and they ruin your cleansing organs. Some never leave the body. So if you're consuming fluorocarbon sucralose and toxic aspartame and being diagnosed with fibromyalgia or Crohn's disease, it might be time to make a change. There was a study that was done in Japan and they found that up to 40% of sucralose, 40% of sucralose is absorbed in the body. So why is this such a big deal? There was this report that was done by the Alliance for Natural Health that found that the absorption of chlorinated compounds caused severe damage to the nervous system, the immune system, the bodily organs, and the microflora balance in the intestines and glandular systems. And then we get stressed out. And whether or not we admit it, stress can be consumed by letting and surroundings enter and affect your mind and body. So tough situations stress you out, obviously. Whole resolve to fix your problem starts and basically ends with what you eat because every major disease that is preventable is linked to food. Over 50 conditions have been correlated with high-stress lifestyles, including obesity. So your ability to balance your gut flora to absorb nutrients and turn on, turn on the enzymes or crippled by your daily food and drink intake plus what you put on your skin. So there is no single organ in the whole 
whole human body that is immune to the effects of stress. Even hair loss and premature baldness can be linked to excessive stress, and so can eczema, psoriasis, heat flashes, gastritis, colitis, and irritable bowel syndrome. Hypertension is linked to cumulative stress. So imagine hypertension being your main source of digestive tract issues. If so, go 100% organic, go plant-based, and watch your problems dissipate and disappear. And then if you're having muscles that are tight or sore or spasmus, spasms, and your stomach muscles can have spasms too when you consume processed, synthetic, and genetically modified pesticide-laden food products despite what Monsanto and the rest of their force will tell you. And then if you have shortness of breath and panic attacks, the diet right away, to look at the probiotics, the organic enzymes, and all the, the, the antioxidants that will alkalize your body. Now, why? Why should I be interested in alkalizing my body? Well, the opposite is acidity, and acidity eats away, and alkalinity builds. Worst thing you want to do is cut it down even more. Do you know that over of the 70,000, that's correct, 70,000 food chemicals approved for consumption, by the Fraud and Drug Administration, hydrogenated oils contain some of the worst ones, including the constituents of gasoline. So you have to look. Is your blood thicker thanks to the gummy substance flowing in it that can build up arterial plaque? to this show regularly, you're probably already trying to avoid junk food and processed sugars, artificial sweeteners, fluoridated water, which we don't have, and all the rest of the crap that goes on there. But do you avoid all processed oils? And you probably don't. And because you don't, canola oil is in most mayonnaise and blended genetically modified oils are in the salad dressings. And nearly every restaurant and food bar in America, tuna salad, pasta salad, egg salad, chicken salad, and potato salad that's loaded with hydrogenated oils. And you say, well, what's a hydrogenated oil? These are the oils, the hydrogenated oils are the oils that are in their natural state that are quickly turned into poison manufacturing and processing that they undergo. And here's what they do. They take the naturally healthy oils like palm oil, kernel oil, um, soybean oil, 
corn oil. We're not talking about GMO garbage, okay? We're talking about natural oil. And they heat them up to anywhere from 500 to 1,000 degrees under unbelievable atmospheres of pressure. Okay? So far, so good, right? Because oils go rancid over, you know, if they're heated over 400 degrees. But that, who cares, right? So then what they do is they inject a catalyst in the oil for several hours. And that catalyst is usually a metal like nickel or uh, platinum or aluminum. And as this bubbles up into the air, the molecular structure increases in density, and this creates either partially hydrogenated or fully hydrogenated oils. In this new product, are now closer to cellulose or plastic than to oil. And then you eat that. And now your heart has to work much harder to pump blood through the system. And hello, high blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. And then you go down to the supermarket and you want to buy some soda. Well, all the popular soda brands contain phosphoric acid and genetically modified corn syrup with the pesticides destroying your good gut bacteria within minutes. So the man makes you sick because that will breed doctor bills, hospital bills, and sick children. Now, you want to call me a conspiracy theorist? Well, you can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you the truth. But basically, you are what you eat. So if you're eating bacteria-laden meat and drinking bacteria-laden milk, guess what you are? <laughs> you're a walking bacteria plant. So how often do you drink soda? Seriously, because the soda with the phosphoric acid could be debilitating your ability to break down and rid your body of the toxins that you consume in the meat, in the milk, and the conventional bread on a daily basis. But then there's major benefits of having friendly bacteria. Number one, get the, the main probiotic bacterias that provide your body with immunity. And you need healthy bacteria to fight off the pathogens. And you need healthy bacteria to rid the body of toxins. And you need healthy bacteria to absorb the calcium, the vitamins, and the minerals. So you can't just avoid soda. You have to avoid antibiotics birth control pills, chlorine, fluoride, ascorbic acid in the supplements, radiation, food additives, food preservatives, especially sodium benzoate, chemotherapy, x-rays, and microwave ovens. And now that I've really got you stressed out, 
You have to not forget not to stress. You can do all those things, you're on the way. So now, let's take a look at something, all right? And you're going to like it or you're not going to like it, but that's what happens when I do my radio show. So what happens is, because of consumer demand for inexpensive meat and eggs and dairy, the suppliers are in constant competition to market their products at the lowest prices possible, no matter how the animals are treated. So the farmed animals that suffer, they're hidden from your view and they're easy to ignore. But millions of people have discovered the reality of the factory farming and have decided that it is way, way, way too cruel to support. So opposing the cruelties of factory farming is not an all or nothing proposition. From eating free meals to going vegetarian or vegan, vegan a better world through our everyday choices. What we choose to eat full statement about who we are. Actions speak louder than words and making ethical, compassionate choices affirms our fundamental humanity. As much as we have awakened to the full economic and social cost of cigarettes, we find we can no longer ignore the cost of mass-producing cattle and poultry and pigs and sheep and fish to feed our growing population. And those costs include hugely insufficient use of fresh water and land, heavy pollution from the livestock doo-doo, rising rates of which much of our planet's life depends. So with rising temperatures, sea levels, ice caps and glaciers, currents, patterns, is the most serious challenge facing the human race. It's all good and well to say that individuals have to wrestle with their consciousness, but only if their consciousnesses are awake and informed. Industrial society unfortunately hides animal suffering. I'll get back to this in a minute. Hey, Hesh. Yeah, what's up? I wonder what, what happened to Steve Jobs. I just he died. He a, he, okay, hold it. I recall that he was a, a vegetarian, and then he had food cooked in extra, 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 extra virgin oil. Well, if he had his food cooked in extra, extra, extra virgin olive oil, which is what you're probably talking about, um, that has to be consumed raw because that kind of oil goes rancid once you heat it up. All, uh, extra virgin olive oil has got to be consumed raw. There's only one oil that you can cook and heat up that will not go rancid 
and that is coconut oil. So why did he die? His time. Hey, <laughs> hey, karma's a bitch, man. Look, we all die. We just don't know when, we don't know where, and we don't know how. Now, maybe the guy was a vegetarian for the latter part of his life, but what did he do? It just, you do the best you can, but it comes. Death is a part of life. Everybody dies. If nobody died, bump into people right and left as we walk down the street. We'd never be able to drive a car because it would be gridlocked no matter where you go. It would be horrible. So everybody dies. So the, the, key, the key is body healthy as you can for as long as you can so you don't have to give your money to some putts that went to school to learn how to inject chemicals into your body or if that doesn't work to cut it out with their fancy pocket knife. Remember he died at 67. Huh? Remember he died at 67. Yeah. Well, shit happens, you know. Okay, there's a lot more to this than what we're discussing. On the yeah. <laughs> it's called karma. <laughs> well, I'll get into that down the road. All right, brother, thanks. So, when you picture a farm, the visions of old McDonald's farm comes to mind, not the warehouses with 10,000 chickens. And when you look, it's shocking because the childhood pictures that we had have been transformed into stinking factories. If you were to take a walk on the wild side and visit a confined animal feeding operation, venture a world that is designed according to the most macabre principles, where animals are machines capable of feeling pain. And since no thinking person can possibly believe this anymore, industrial animal agriculture depends upon a suspension of disbelief on the part of the people who operate it and a willingness to avert your eyes and your innate feeling of compassion. So our worst nightmare is such a place, but it's real life for billions of animals unlucky enough to have been born under these impersonal steel roofs into the brief, pitiless life of a production unit. Virtually all the U.S. birds raised for food are factory farmed. Inside densely populated sheds, vast amounts of doo-doo accumulates. The pneumonia levels commonly cause painful burns to the bird's eyes and their respiratory tracts. So to cut the losses from the birds that are pecking each other, the farmers remove a third to half 
flesh as well because for modern animal agriculture, the less you know about what's happening before it winds up on your plate, the better. That's true. How is this then an ethical situation? And should we be reluctant to let people know what really goes on? Because we're not really proud of it and concerned that it might turn them to vegetarianism. Oh, my God, the horror. So when we talk about flesh that is free range, does anyone realize that the exposure to the outdoors by these creatures one small exit in an overcrowded shed. Why? Because there's no USDA requirements for indoor or outdoor space. So if the door is open, these animals can be labeled free range. Then being packed in battery cages, typically less than half a square foot of floor space per bird, the hens can become immobilized and die of asphyxiation or dehydration, and then the decomposing corpses are routinely found in the cages with the live birds. And then though each hen is less productive when crowded, the operation as a whole makes more money the high shocking density. Since they're cheap, cages are expensive. And by the time their egg production declines, the hen skeletons are so fragile that they suffer broken bones as they're just simply removed from the cages. Then you got some flocks that are gassed on site, and those sent to slaughter often endure long journeys and sustain further injuries. So the American laying hen passes her brief lifespan piled together with a half a dozen other hens in a wire cage whose floor is the shape of an eight and a half by 11 magazine page. And every natural instinct of this animal is cut off, leading to a range of behavioral vices that can include cannibalization of her egg mates, and rubbing her body against the wire mesh until it's featherless and bloody. And the 5% or so of the hens that cannot bear it and simply die, they're built into the cost of production. So now you've got birds with broken legs and wings and open wounds and large tumors. They're shackled and they're hung on the slaughter line while some of the birds are left writhing on the floor for hours beforehand. And then the workers, the kind-hearted, humane workers, they punch and kick and throw and mutilate the live birds. The eggs are ripped out of the birds' bodies and thrown at, work, at the co-workers, and the heads of the birds are ripped off the birds that were trapped inside the transport cages. And contrary to public belief, chickens are not mindless. They're not simple automations. They're complex behaviors. And they quite well in learning, so a rich social organization have a diverse repertoire of cells. So anyone who's kept a backyard chicken can recognize their significant differences in personality. So what about the little piggy that went to market? Well, these little piglets in the confined operations are weaned from their mothers two to three weeks after birth, compared with 13 weeks in nature. 
cancer because they gain weight faster on their hormone antibiotic fortified feed. And the premature weaning leaves the pigs with a lifelong craving of them. So the USDA's recommended solution to the problem is called tail docking. And what they do is they take a pair of pliers and without any anesthetic, most but not all of the tail is cut off. So why do they leave that little stump? Because the whole point of the exercise is not to remove the object of tail biting so much as to render it more sensitive. Now a bite on the tail is so painful that even the most demoralized pig will mount a struggle to avoid it. And at this point you might think it can't get any worse. <laughs> Guess what? Pregnant pigs are confined in two feet wide stalls, only able to take one step forward or one step back. Many of the pigs have deep infected sores and scrapes from constantly rubbing against the metal bars. Then the workers clip the piglets' tails with dull pliers. They perform castration. They rip out the piglets' testes with their hands, tattoo the sores by repeatedly driving a spike mallet into the pig's flesh over and over and over without anesthesia. Anti-cruelty laws that protect pets were applied to the farmed animals. Many of the routine U.S. farming practices would be illegal in all 50 states. So my question is, are dogs and cats so different from chickens, turkeys, pigs, and cows that one group deserves legal protection from cruelty while the other deserves virtually no protection at all? Seriously, so the disregard for the farm animals persists because few people realize the ways in which they are mistreated, and even fewer actually witness the abuse. Because of this, most people are appalled, not because they believe in animal rights, but because they believe that animals feel pain and that morally decent human beings should try to prevent pain whenever possible. So do we, humans, having an ability to reason and to communicate abstract ideas verbally and in writing and to form ethical and moral judgments using the accumulated knowledge of the ages have the right to take the lives of other sentient beings when we are not forced to do so by hunger or dietary need, but rather do so for somewhat callous reason that we like the taste of flesh and blood. Some years ago in Hawaii, the uh, House Finance Committee unanimously passed a bill that would allow Hawaii to construct the main, it's on Oahu, and run the only state-owned slaughterhouse, only state-owned slaughterhouse in the United States. And I went to that hearing. And despite a dozen protest testimonies, and despite over 300 written protest testimonies, ignorance prevailed. While the testimonies were being given, those testimonies were constantly met with the words, let's summarize now, oh, 
on, come on, got to speed things up. You know, there's only a three-minute limit. Yet, when the department, the Hawaii Department of Agriculture had the dickhead himself, Russell Kokobon, spoke, the legislators held on to his every word. And all this was coming from the guy that is the front man for the special interest groups like Monsanto. And at that time, when he was in office in the Senate, he single-handedly killed the GMO labeling bill. Bill for the slaughterhouse was actually the brainchild of the Cattlemen's Association, but not wanting to assume any responsibility for the disastrous ramifications regarding environmental destruction or loss to life and limb, which is typical in a slaughterhouse, their paid lobbyists successfully convinced our Lolo politicians they should foot the bill of construction, which was $1.9 million. And once again, Hawaii remains in first place as the per capita champion of the colon cancer capital of the world. So what do we do to try to instill compassion in humans? How do we get them to realize what they eat is the result of immense cruelty and torture and pain? And even more important, is how do we wean people away from their insatiable addiction to the flesh and blood of rotting animals? Compassion begins in the heart. If the heart is hard, compassion will not be present. If the heart is soft, compassion for all living beings will abound. Now, this is a very interesting point that is made in various Eastern scriptures. And along with that, there are other points about animal slaughter and its future effects on the consumers, also known as karma. There will be many that will deny this, but usually those that deny it are the ones that are entrenched in their behaviors and will not give it up under any circumstances. So the ancient scriptures state that for every hair on the animal's back, those involved from the razor of the creature down to the person that washes the dish the flesh was on to take birth in a body like the one that was slaughtered. So, while in a human form, which is the ultimate gift of the soul's evolution, it is the only form in which the driver of the vehicle, the soul, can make a choice. All the lower forms are governed by the laws of nature and bear no karma. They simply evolve until reaching the human form. There, two things happen. Will endeavor for as much sense gratification as possible, or somehow one will embark upon a spiritual path endeavoring to follow God's instructions. So doing the former to another material body with no guarantees on it being a 
human form. Doing the latter will start a purification process and ensure a future human form allowing that soul to pick up where he left off spiritually until he finally goes home to the spiritual world and never has to come back to the material world again. And reincarnation can be accepted or rejected, but the truth is the truth that the truth will set us free. All I can do give you stuff to deal with. I, I, I can't I can't tell you or I can't do it for you or I can't change consciousness and I can't change your beliefs. But you know, I have not wavered thirty four years of being on the air say the same thing over and over and over, people have, just by experimenting to see if I was full of shit or whatever, people have lost weight, reversed disease, they've reversed heart disease, they've reversed arthritis, they've reversed so much. All it requires is what everybody does on a daily basis anyway, which is eating. All you have to do is stop eating anything that had a face or a mother and is loaded with flesh and blood. It's that simple. It ain't easy because we're all conditioned. I am no different or was no different than you are. All this Many times I was raised by my mom and dad, Newark, New Jersey. Every day, every day, every meal except on Fridays, we had everything that had a face or a mother. Fridays, it was everything loaded with milk products. Was I asthmatic as a kid? Yeah. Did I have allergies as a kid? You name them, I had them. Was I unhealthy as a kid? Yeah. <laughs> and then one day, Thanksgiving in 1974, I was in Aspen, Colorado, and we get invited, me and this guy, he was vegetarian, I had no idea what that meant. We get invited to this, this couple's house, husband and wife, two little kids, for Thanksgiving dinner, and we're sitting at the table, and of course there's a dead turkey right in front of us, and then the rest of the table is loaded with all kinds of multicolored vegetables. Oh, I mean, it's really a nice, a nice layout. So the husband says to me, "So, Hesh, you want white meat or dark meat?" And I, you know, meat. Hey, this is my life. I said, "I'll have a little bit of both." So the guy is slicing off the meat from this dead turkey and he's putting it on a, on a plate and the guy next to me says hey instead of eating that why don't you just eat all the pretty colors and I said okay I'll give it a try 
And I said to the guy, I'm not going to eat the turkey. He goes, what, 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 do you, what, what, what do you mean you're not going to eat the turkey? I said, no, I, I'm going to try to eat, because your wife made all the vegetables, so I'm, I'm going to just eat those. I'll come back later. So he put the plate down, up this plate. There were sweet potatoes. There were, let's see, broccoli and cauliflower and asparagus and string beans and peas and carrots and corn. Oh, my God, it was amazing. It was just amazing. And she had cranberry sauce and she had all this stuff. And I loaded up, I tell you, man, I have never in my life loaded up a plate like I loaded up a plate. And me and the other guy, we eat, and the husband and the wife, their plate was loaded with turkey with a little bit of vegetables on the side. And and the wife says to me, would you, would you guys like to take some of the vegetables home with you? I said, sure. And the other guy said, hell yeah. And she got some really big containers, and basically she split well, whatever was left and put them in these two containers. Obviously, she didn't want to have to store them in her refrigerator, and she gave them to us. So after dinner, we're sitting down. We're all in the living room. The husband starts falling asleep. The wife starts falling asleep because of all the turkey that they ate, which, you know, just makes you sluggish. And I'm sitting there looking at the guy, and I got all this energy. I mean, I ate, what, 10,000 vegetables. That's what it seemed like. And I said to him, you think we should go? He goes, yeah, I think it would be a really good idea. And we just got up and walked out very quietly. They put the kids to bed. They're crashed on the chairs in the living room. And this is what happens. I remember this my whole life. After you eat meat, you're just dead to the world. And... Uh, we went back home, and I, I you know, at that point, it, it, I, I, I took a few days, and I finished all the rest of the veggies, and, of course, I went back to my same crap. So then my ex-girlfriend comes back a little bit before New Year's, and she comes in, and she says, why don't we become vegetarians? And I said, oh, okay, because I was thinking of all those bright colors, you know, I said, oh, okay, and I went over to the freezer, and I started loading up all these um, um, bags with frozen dead body parts. And she said, well, what, what, what are you doing? I said, well, if we're going to do this, let's get rid of this and do it. And she goes, okay. But then two days later, she split with another guy. And there I am living in Aspen. I don't have anything in my freezer anymore, and I have no idea what it means to be a vegetarian, but I figured that I made a decision. And it was a learning experience. It was the most unbelievable and rewarding experience I can imagine. We'll get into this more. i got a call at 5 before 1080 Hillary on the air. This is uh, Patrick from Murray. Oh my God! Really? He's alive! I just, I just, I just got a word from the president that they're outlawing all vaccines. Oh, why? Well, because they're deadly. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I no. I don't think that'll happen. Well, he's. 
not going to run for president anymore, so he doesn't have to worry about that campaign contribution. No, no, no. I, I, that's, that's, that's when the truth comes out. I mean, Harry Truman was always telling the truth, driving our way until he was gone, and now Obama, I guess, is coming to his senses. That ain't never going to happen. And, uh, and, and there's a, uh, an international warrant out for Paul Ossoff as a pedophile. Oh, that, well, that guy is that guy is the biggest hawker of vaccines ever to walk the face of the earth. I mean, that guy is the worst of the worst. You can't find a more corrupt hooker for the the vaccine uh, um, industry. Yeah, I was thinking of the word injury of the vaccine industry than that guy. You know, there was a real interesting article recently on Natural News where one of the natural news guys interviewed Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. Yes. It's a 12-page article, 12 pages of where this lady is by far the most, has the most integrity of any physician that I've ever come across. She is telling it like it is. And I admire her for that. I'm sure she's going to get blasted. I'm sure they're not going to like her. I'm sure she's going to have to get a permit to carry a gun. But the point is, this is by far the most unbelievable interview that I have ever read. And I think what I'm going to try to do is maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll bring that in here and I'll, I'll read that interview on the air. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, we've invited her to be on our show numerous times where she's busy. Well, I don't doubt it, man. The only reason that they could interview her is because they went to a, a, a vaccine conference and the guy from Natural News saw her there and he asked if he could interview her and she said yes and they did it, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's Stephanie Steneff. Well, except that she's a nephrologist. She's a kidney doctor. Yeah. I mean, she's just amazing that she's got the courage to stand up against the profession that she's in. But if, if you follow what the Hippocratic Oath said was... Um,
portrayed by the mainstream media. And then, of course, we all know that the mainstream media never says anything that's not correct, yeah? It's, it's their economic advantage to lie to us. Well, obviously, everything is about money. You know that. Try to eat money. You know what's really interesting? About a week ago, maybe a little more, there was an article that our newspaper, uh, the Honolulu Star Rag, tried to, they printed this article about some idiot from Kauai that was talking about how wonderful GMOs were and how the science proves it and all this crap. All the, and I said, you got to be kidding me. They printed an article from a guy who ain't nothing but a citizen. So I said, okay. So I wrote an article in rebuttal, and I sent it to them. <laughs> they ne never saw the light of day because they don't want to do that. Yeah, you have a reputation, Ash. I do? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. How bad is it? Well, they think you're Jewish. What do you think? Hey, that's how you wave a towel. <laughs> <laughs> and they know you're too old to be alive. Yeah, I know. You know, you know it really ticks them off. See, this is the thing, the other thing about why people should be healthy. Because if you stay healthy, you collect Social Security longer, and that really ticks off the government. Because they hope everybody dies before they're 64, you know? Uh, yes, I mean, you know, when I'm 64 had nothing to do with my retirement. It was a song by the Beatles. Oh. Yeah, but, you know, what's uh, the, the major reason why I called? Yes, sir. Okay, is um, 29 children. Wow. Eight, eight. Oh, my God, you got 29 kids. And I stopped that. Yeah, oh, my God, a sex mania. Yeah. Anyway, the study. In the study, we have 29 children who are back, no longer autistic. Oh, now it's up to 29? Wow. And, uh, and soon to be 30, because people are learning about this, and so they're doing it. You know, so that I know that there are autistic children in Hawaii. You yes. Know I know that? Why? Because you're talking to one right now, right? Right. That's right. I'm talking to an autistic child. And, uh, you know, when, when mom takes himself or hands it to the diet and the child takes himself to the diet, the kids come back. They Absolutely. And they don't get it. I told you the story about the lady from Autism Speaks. Yes. That I sent an email to, and I told her all about sulfur, how it reverses autism, and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, that's really interesting, but... Uh, I'm, I, frankly, I'm not interested, and I wrote back and I said, do you take money from the pharmaceutical industry, donations? And she wrote back, she said, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's understandable. In God, we trust all others take cash. Yeah, and I know you have a few fat uh, Hawaiians who invest in, in pharma, and my advice to them is they divest of pharma because sulfur replaces all of the drugs of pharma. Interesting. Well, guess what? I, that time, I know. I know. Yeah, I got about 20 seconds. All right, I'll let you go, and thank you very much. And you know, remember, the vaccines are now illegal. Sounds Real good. <laughs> See you on the radio. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, this is it. Rock and roll time. And Damien and Carol will be coming up soon, and uh, I will try to get that interview in here and read that to you. It might take more than one show, but we'll give it our best shot. So until then, I'll catch you all later. Aloha.
political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the statement. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wthepowerherbscom Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866 229 3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wthepowerherbscom
Welcome to Herb Talk Live. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. It's sunny and beautiful here in the Carolinas, 80 degrees. A little sunshine here and there, but we get lots of uh, spring rain for the spring flowers. So wherever you are, I hope it was pleasant. We got a great show. We're going to empower you. That's what we like to do here on Herb Talk Live. Magical engineer Frank and I are ready to roll. Thanks for joining us on American Voice Radio. We're going to be talking about the physician of no value. You know that saying is ancient? We're going to talk about that. Also, uh, if we get time, we're going to be talking about um, why doctors and some of the mainstream media say it's uh, worthless to do any organ cleansing. You know, just that out. And uh, if we get time, we might even touch on some pulmonary issues like emphysema. We'll see how far we get. And, of course, uh, we do have a crack report. But before we get to all that great stuff, six salute and semper fi to our righteous men and women in uniform. We're lifting them up in prayer, asking the Lord's protection on all of our men and women in the military, you know, righteous men and women are in the military, you know. So I'm also praying for America. I'm praying for righteous leadership here. I'm praying for, you know, the blindfolds and the earplugs to come off people and to kind of wake up to truth and justice. And that's what we're supposed to plead to the Lord for is, uh, you know, truth and justice. Isaiah says we're supposed to ask that. We're not going to get it unless we ask it. So that's what I've been doing. And, you know, because the prayer of the faith saves the sick and the prayer of the righteous fails much. So I've been praying for righteous men of valor with understanding and knowledge come forward and to set this nation right and for God's hand of protection still beyond America. That's what I'm praying for. And, you know, I hope you'll join me in mind the time. The time grows short. Without further ado, let's do the quack report. Thanks, Frank. What do we got in the Quacker? Ooh, IBM and Apple are teaming up. They announced they have this alliance going on. They're going to put forth some artificial intelligence to work together to, um, because of all the booming health data that's been created with the personal devices, uh, they're going to take advantage of that. So IBM is collaborating with Apple and Medtronic and Johnson & Johnson to use this Watson artificial intelligence, you know, Dr. Watson, uh, it's a system they say that will offer users some insights and advice from personal health information that they gather from things like fitness trackers, smartphones, implants, and other devices. So they're trying to take advantage of the medical records, increasing um, availability to that stuff. You know what happened to HIPAA, right? <laughs> anyway, it's all going digitized, and it's going to allow quick access for patients and healthcare providers for more information stored in a cloud, no less. So they want to create, IBM wants to create this platform for sharing. So they're, they're find, they say they're going to find better ways for people to analyze all this information in real time. So they expect more companies to join this platform, so it's going to be a growing global database. And so um, it's establishing, IBM is establishing a health unit, basically. All right, last but not least in the quack report. Uh, Painkillers are in the news. Uh, apparently, this is a new study published in uh, psychology, Psychological Science. Uh, they did a study testing Tylenol products, you know, painkillers, acetaminophen, over-the-counter acetaminophen products, and they, they are suggesting by the results that this product can dull your emotional sensitivity. Uh, the researchers took about 82 subjects and they put them, you know, half and half in, 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 in um, 
groups, half of them took anti-minivan products, half took a placebo, and then they showed the participants four, 40 photos um, measuring their emotional reactions. Uh, you know, some of the photos had sad images, some had happy images on them, and so they were measuring the emotional response. And they said in the study, the participants who took the N-acetaminophen had less of an emotional reaction to both either positive and negative photos than those taking the placebo. Uh, according to researchers, they said the people on the drug had a more neutral, less emotional, intense response than the people who were on the placebo. So um, Tylenol, they say, or similar products might have broader consequences than previously thought. According to Jeffrey Durso, he's the lead author in the study, he says rather than just being a pain reliever, anesthetomedicine may also be an all-purpose all emotional reliever. So um, yeah, there you go. Um, more bang for your buck, maybe? I think maybe I'd stick with my Willowbarka Meadowsweet. Thank you very much. And that wraps the crack report. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Yeah, um, if you're looking for a natural anti-inflammatory pain relief in Meadowsweet formula, called pain relief at thepowerherbs.com. They have it in regular and extra Also, a big heads up and reminder that normally Dr. Carly joins us the third Tuesday of the month here on Herb Talk, but she's taking a, a little sabbatical from t uh, radio, I guess appearances, for a little bit. So we wish her well, and we look forward to um, hearing how she's doing in the future. All right, we're going to be talking about the physician of no value. Now, in ancient times, a physician of no value was considered a forger of lies. So if we go back more than 2,000 years, we know by the ancient texts that the most common ailments were eye infections, skin diseases, respiratory problems like consumption, malaria, and typhoid fever. The people of the ancient world used what that was at their disposal, like foods and herbs and spices. So if there were physicians available, the people understood that although the physician had a duty, the people had this strong conviction that the real power, power to heal was divine. Now, often the ancient physicians were called holy men or wise men, and they were known to have skill uh, with medicinal plants as well as to possess faith in the creator. However, there were also those in the ancient kingdoms that practiced what is called the heathen arts or witchcraft and magic. So these were wizards used in alchemy to treat the sick and were considered by many to be a physician of no value. So people of faith avoided such healers and refused their methods of cure. Even King Solomon was recorded as saying in Deuteronomy 32 that it was not the herb or the modify of the herb that applied that was the cure. It was the Lord who cured because all is in the hand of God. So what can we learn from the ancient healers? Well, we're going to take a look. Let's look at the early physicians because the earliest written mention of physicians comes from ancient Egypt. Now, there were, they, were, they, they were mentioned in scripture as well. And in Egypt, a physician worshipped many idols, including the idol Imhotep. So there were different classes in Egypt, but the physician was called the uh, Snu, S-N-U, and their ability to heal was mythical in nature, you know, using magic and incantations. 
So these physicians were not scientists, and their knowledge of the human anatomy was almost non-existent. Now, it's said that even their embalming of the mummies was flawed, and it was basically the desert climate that preserved more than the art of the mummification. So in ancient Israel, it was said that there were few real physicians who knew the art of healing with medicinal herbs. And some scholars of that time period refer to them as isolation experts or the sanitary police who would just crudely quarantine people with skin diseases. So during the time of the Bible, there were no priests who were physicians. And I think that the knowledge of medicinal plants was handed down to the women who became a doctor, mom, if you will, for, their, for the purposes of helping their household along with midwives. So it wasn't a, a profession for them. So any cure via a prophet was recorded as a miracle of God rather than a physician's treatment. All right, let's look in the beginning because Scripture does instruct us to use herbs as a way to restore or heal the body. So in the first book of Genesis, we see God calls herbs meat in Genesis chapter 1, 29, and 30. And in Psalms 104, 14, King David states that herbs are here for the service of man. Clearly, he understood the powerful benefit of medicinal herbs. And it is said that his son, King Solomon, had the time and the money to collect information and drawings on medicinal herbs. And it is said that he listed symptoms and prepared an ancient text of cures called the Cipher Rukhba, which means symptom report. So it recorded the medicinal use of herbs, but was said to be banned uh, from use by the 13th king of Judah, Hezekiah. So in the book of Ezekiel, there is mention of the fruit and leaves of the trees to be of a medicinal nature. And then there was the king of Judah, uh, Ezra, or Aza, some people call him Aza, who made the mistake of not seeking the Lord for healing of his diseased feet and instead sought the physicians. So the disease grew and he died. That's in Second Chronicles 16. So researchers say that Science didn't begin to creep into ancient forms of medicine until the School of Alexandria was founded in Alexandria, Egypt. So this school was pretty much a museum of intellectual writings of all facets of life. So Alexandria at this time was looked upon as the cosmopolitan city, a mysterious land of hidden knowledge by the Greeks, Egyptians, and Jews alike. Now, I suppose if you housed over 700,000 volumes of writings that you would have a reputation to span the ancient globe. Well, let's look at healing wasn't all about science because we can see that in, in the ancient world and in our modern times that healing the sick isn't only about science or magic. The Lord Jesus said in reference to him keeping company with sinners, he said, they that are whole have no need of a physician but they that are sick. It's in Matthew chapter 9. So physicians are mentioned in the scripture, but they're not given honor. There is mention of the woman who was plagued with a bleeding condition for 12 years. She saw many physicians and suffered at their hand, and they took her money, and she was not any better. And the Bible said she actually was worse. That's in Mark chapter 5. So this is an ancient example of a, of a physician of no value. This is not to say that all physicians were bad then or today. Now, some were sincere in their knowledge of natural healing, 
and praying to the Lord for help as we see that Luke was referred to as a beloved physician in Colossians chapter 4. Let's check out these ancient methods because some excavations of ancient ruins in Rome and in parts of Italy have revealed surgical instruments that look similar to what surgeons are using today. Now, the Hippocratic Oath came about to protect patients from positions of no value, and it was supposed to protect people from the healing craft of sorcery. It was a pledge that physicians took to do no harm, and this oath was required for graduation from European medical schools from 1508 to 1804. But by the 1900s, the oath was considered outdated and was only required by 20% of the U.S. medical schools. In 1948, the General Assembly of the World Medical Association adopted to replace the Hippocratic Oath with the Declaration of Geneva. And it's interesting that this declaration includes statements similar to the HIPAA laws of modern healthcare. Now, in 1964, Professor Lasagna, much like that name, Lasagna, uh, he was at Tufts University Medical School. He amended the Hippocratic Oath to be sensitive to modern healthcare politics. So he removed the restrictions mentioning surgery, euthanasia, abortion, and having sexual relations with patients. He, even this oath today is merely ceremonial. It's not obligatory. It bears no legal weight. So the philosophy of the oath was for medicine never to be lethal never to cause suicide, never to euthanize or to make the womb a grave. So this oath used to demand a strict loyalty to divine law of ethics. It meant to preserve life. That's what it was about. However, the oath became too restricting to modern physicians, and they opt not to be bound by this oath, and therefore they don't take the Hippocratic Oath anymore. So doctors today are not agreeing to be bound by a 2,500-year-old um, ethical philosophy. They say society's changed, and uh, they say that, you know, the drugs that promote suicidal tendencies, euthanasia, procedures, abortions to full term, and perhaps even now extending, they're talking about extending abortion to children that are age two or older, uh, you know, that's all part of the new social contract, they say. Well, the licensed medical physician that swears to do no harm are, you know, all part of this uh, new social uh, contract, but they're not swearing to do no harm. The licensed medical physician that swears to do no harm really is therefore extinct. Think about it. So the Hippocratic Oath swore doctors to keep, you know, to help heal with dietary regimens, which suggests, you know, physicians were supposed to have some working knowledge of nutrition. So physicians today have voiced their concerns over any professional oath that provides moral or ethical guidance, and that, that seems to conflict with what's necessary in the field of medicine, really. However, there are some physicians that have a different opinion, such as Dr. Howard Markell. He's the author and professor of the medical history at the University of Michigan. He says this, today... The need for physicians to make a formal warrant of diligent, moral, and ethical conduct to the service of their patient may be stronger than ever. Well, I tend to agree with that. Well, here's something we should think about. So I had this conversation recently. Uh, I brought up the term antibiotic, and um, 
What it means is against life. Although antibiotics have been reported to save lives from, from bacterial infections in the 20th and 21st centuries, well, we, we also need to consider at what cost did this happen. So the use of antibiotics have created the life-threatening conditions of what are called superbugs or drug-resistant bacteria, which are more dangerous to life and in most cases um, produces death. So according to the CDC, in 2013, there were 2 million people in the United States that were infected with drug-resistant bacteria, and 23,000 people died. So we have over 150 different antibiotics, and penicillin is the number one cause for anaphylactic shock. We now have 1 in 5,000 exposures to penicillin causing life-threatening anaphylactic shock. Now, according to the World Health Organization, we use over half of the world's antibiotics on animals. So the farm animals, which receive more antibiotics than any other, are going to be pigs and chickens. The dose has gone from 600% to 1,500% over the last 30-year period. So these drugs have turned out to be literally against life and have, in the long term, promoted death. So there is another factor to consider here with antibiotics, and that is that they have, along with vaccination, they've weakened the immune system, and they have undermined the human condition. So we have bad bugs and no drugs. Uh, Harvard published a report in 2015 called The History is Repeating, Avoiding a Return to the Pre-Antibiotic Age. So in their report, they state that antibiotics have saved over 200,000 American lives per year. However, they say the reality of antibiotics on the human condition has produced such life-threatening consequences that it shall undermine any public health achievements the drug had to offer. Wow. So according to their report, we are in the age of bad bugs and no drugs. With regard to antibiotic use, the Harvard report listed mortality statistics from the vital statistics in the U.S., and at first the mortality rates fell from 9.2 to 2.7 in populations of 100,000 when people were using antibiotics to counter bacterial infections, and that was over a 30-year period. However, from 1960 onward, the mortality rates have steadily risen. In 2002, we were at 38.1% death per 100,000. So the report went on to say that developers of the first antibiotics in the 40s knew that the bacterial drug resistance knew about this, which the research team at Oxford called penicillate, or later the medicine called it beta-lactamate. So they knew that their antibiotic uh, achievement, development, research, creation, if you will, was going to cause this drug resistance, bacterial infections down the road. So um, the report went on to say that the researchers under uh, Dr. Fleming acknowledged in 1942 that bacterial strange strains would become more prevalent with the use of penicillin. So Dr. Fleming stated in a 1945 New York Times interview that there would be an evolution of other resistant organisms as a result of using antibiotics and that there was no drug that fights bacteria that would not produce the same. So medicine, although said they had no way of knowing that drug-resistant bacteria would occur with the development antibiotics, now we know that was a lie. They knew all along. 
Now, by 1948, Dr. Fleming's prediction of the mutating bacteria manifested within just four years of penicillin being on the market. So we have over 150 antibiotics in use, and over half of those manufactured are injected into farm animals that we eat as food. So the FDA, I believe, has been negligent in allowing unrestricted use of antibiotics in humans and animals. And you would think with the first antibiotic, penicillin, causing this drug resistance, this problem, mutating, ballooning out of control, you would think they would stop there with antibiotics, right? Common sense would say, okay, we made a big mistake. Well, no, they just decided to create chemical shackles for everybody. Uh, Modern medicine has saved a generation or two from bacterial infections with antibiotics only to put future generations into chemical shackles. So medicine needs new classes of antibiotics to try to stay ahead of the evolved organisms. However, where would that line of defense leave mankind? Now, some say that there are um, where we are today, it's okay. You know, it's the price we had to pay for modern advancement. Well, there is doubt that modern science can reverse this trend of killer bacteria. And some researchers are suggesting the use of fewer antibiotics to pan down the drug resistance. However, medicine has this profit margin thing with the drug companies to consider. Yes, the financials of antibiotics may overcome the good judgment of many in charge of healthcare. And studies by Joseph Damasi have gained acceptance by the Office of Technology Assessment and the Congressional Budget Office because Damasi and his team calculated the cost of development of just one antibiotic by the pharmaceutical company. So in 2000, the figures they came up with for developing an antibiotic from bench to bedside was $802 million. Other kinds of medicines are less expensive to bring to market, and therefore there's been a decline in developing the antibiotics. Well, let me read you this quote by Adam Smith. He spoke this in 1776. He's also the author of An Inquiry into the Nature and Causes of the Wealth of Nations. He said this, we address ourselves not to their humanity, but to their self-love, and never talk to them of our necessities, but of their advantages. So Adam Smith obviously understood the narcissistic mindset, the greedy people of his era would be the same people of our era. And so they're not considered, they're not really interested in humanity. They're not, they're not interested in your needs, necessities. They're only interested in their selves and their advantages. So whenever you try to address the topic, always frame it in that mindset. Hmm. You want them to listen, I guess. Well, you know, are are we going to be at the pre-antibiotic age? I most certainly think so. Um, If you plan to wait for drug companies to give you the key to the chemical shackles, then you may run the risk of someday acquiring a bacterial infection. Your immune system has no power to overcome. So our immune system is meant to engage dangerous pathogens. Antibiotics and vaccines have manipulated the immune system, um, and millions of people have immune systems that pretty much sit in the stocks and do absolutely nothing. Therefore, it is no surprise that when we depend on artificial infections, vaccines, and artificial immune responses, antibiotics, 
that we find ourselves in a precarious situation. Unnatural practices can produce unforeseen consequences. So medical treatments that cause suicide, promote euthanasia, uh, make the womb a grave, suppress your immune system, and do not preserve life would be uh, advice from a physician of no value. So when trillions of dollars are involved, you can bet that the good of humanity is not considered in truth. So what did the world do before antibiotics? Well, they used herbs with antibacterial uh, uh, strength to them and helped your body fight pathogens. That, and, and these pathogens didn't mutate or become resistant. How can they become a resist, resistant? It's your immune system. It's not a drug suppressing an immune system. It's your immune system, God-given immune system. So the use of herbs that were antibacterial were used herbs really contain a lot of super nutrition to support your natural defenses and uh, to correct an imbalance pretty quickly. So with the right herb and knowledge, uh, you can be more powerful than you ever thought you could be. So herbs are here for the service of man. They offer powerful meat or support to the body according to our creator. I believe them. We're going to take a break. More on the other side. Be right back. Original Medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strain formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866 866- Two two nine three six six three or thepowerherbs.com. Keeping tall buildings with a single bound, faster than a locomotive. Whoa! Find the Superman in you. Listen to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson. Don't make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin, 
to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our extra strength pain relief formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. Callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's.thepowerherbs.com. Degrees West, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. They are subject to hormone imbalance. Ability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction. Make the hormones that are right for you. Centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663. Online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless. We're back here in Herb Talk Live. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, we were just covering the position of no value. Very old term. goes back thousands of years to Bible times. And, uh, you know, you're more powerful than you think you are. I want to encourage you out there. Um, and, you know, God says trust in his herbs. He's asking you. He's inviting you to trust in them. So if you'd like to learn more about, you know, powerful herbal tools and information on how to use the herbs properly for your success and safety, then call Apothecary Herbs 
and they'll send you a free product catalog. And or you can just get on their website and check them out at thepowerherbs.com. Thepowerherbs.com. You can get there typing in herbtalklive.com as well. They have a toll-free number though if you want to request a catalog. If you don't do the internet, just give them a call at 866-229-3663. 866-229-3663. And of course, uh, address at US 704-885-0277. 704-885-0277. Thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. And you know, spring is the perfect time to cleanse away impurities. You know, increase your energy, boost your immune system, and lose a few pounds in the process. It's not hard. So check it out, thepowerherbs.com, my back guarantee. And, of course, if you have questions or concerns, you can always call or email somebody. They're on there 24-7, somebody with a pulse, ready to answer the phone. Love that. All right, we're going to move along to, speaking of cleansing, uh, why mainstream America and, of course, the healthcare professionals out there, licensed ones, allopathic white coats, uh, say, don't do cleansing. Please, especially don't do any colon cleansing. Absolutely not. I mean, if you did some colon cleansing, you may not have to have an, you know, uh, <laughs> colonoscopy, right? All right. Um, in 2011, on CNN, it was reported in their health section that medical doctors say that cleansing the body with, you know, natural cleanses is dangerous, offers side effects, right? So this big headline they had, which, you know, is, you know, causing people to have some serious concern, uh, you know, especially in, in 2011, they were, they were saying that, you know, bowel cleansing, colonic irrigation, um, high colonics, enemas, um, based on some research that the Journal of Family Practice is not good for you. So the irrigation colon cleanse is usually done in, you know, health spas. Um, people do it, you know, in the privacy of the home. Well, here's something. If enemas and colon irrigation is not good for you, why do they do that prior to surgery or to, they used to do it when prior to women giving birth? Standard enema. Back in the 80s, that's what happened. So, yeah. Well, the report lists that high colonics use chemicals. Chemicals are forced into the rectum. <laughs> they report that uh, this, uh, you know, ho- these home health remedies or, that are sold all over the place, including the Internet, um, not effective, according to researchers in the journal report, uh, coming from uh, researchers from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. According to the CNN report, Dr. Rannett Masori, one of the researchers at Georgetown University School of Medicine, they said that they could find no evidence that cleansing treatments work and that they are often used improperly causing cramping, kidney failure, and extreme causes of death. Ah. So Dr. Masori finds it difficult to believe that laxatives and teas and powders and capsules offer any benefit at all. And according to CNN, the American Medical Association discontinued promoting the ancient treatment of um, irrigation colon cleansing in 1900, stating that it was an invalid procedure and produced no evidence that it worked. Well, that's just not true because there's certain medical procedures now that require enemas, colon evacuation, and cleansing 
Um, but when I'm talking about colon cleansing, I'm not talking about enemas and high colonics. I'm talking about using some herbs that soothe and promote proper organ function, toning of the bowel muscle, um, and then pulling some uh, pharmaceutical residues out of the colon tissue itself, you know. So that's important. That's important to always know. And then you don't need laxatives and you don't need uh, all these other things that you've probably been taking because of digestive problems. So that's that's the issue. Um, they, they're just worried that these treatments do work, basically. If you get the right kind, if you get the right product, and I, I know there are some fakes out there. But uh, I'm a good example because when I was a budding young herbalist in uh, school, I had um, some back pain that wouldn't go away. And so um, wasn't getting any relief through the traditional means if you, if you go to your physician or your chiropractor or that kind of thing. So my professor in herb school said, um, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, I just got this back pain. You know, if I go to the chiropractor, it goes away for two days and then comes back. And, um, I'm, and you know, this was...
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.